Good morning, shall we? Yes, yeah. Let's just say thank you so much to our, uh, our media team. Uh, Nick Corrigan, one of the members of our church family, put that together um, with help from Rosie Burgess, who uh, uh, coordinates so much of our communication. We're so grateful for the gifts and skills that we've been given as a church family. And of course, you know, here's a day to, to celebrate, isn't there? Here's a day to focus on all the resources that God gives to us as a church family. It's a, a day when we, we deliberately look back over the last few months. We'll be doing, as Tim and Hill said, that very formally in a couple of weeks' time at our annual meeting. But, but here's the, in the context of worship and prayer. We look back over what has been, and we also look forward as we pray and think about how we can respond to God's calling over this next chapter uh, forgive me, the men who came to the breakfast yesterday, we had a great breakfast yesterday, we, uh, as well as bacon rolls, uh, the lead pastor decided we needed good quality pork sausages as well. Vegetarian options were available, but it was great. And guys, I hope you don't mind me repeating, um, repeating my little illustration because I just have a sense of the Lord saying something about it. Um, today's a day when I'm going to invite us to look at the big picture to uh, some of you may never have seen one of these. Um, it, it, it's called an, an atlas and uh, it has maps in it. And, and what you can do is, is see how different bits join up together. Uh, because you may, you may have only ever come across uh, sat-navs. You, you'll have them on your phones, no doubt. And, and we live in a, in a sat-nav world, don't we? I think, where where what we imagine you have to do is put in the destination and then, and then we will be shown the shortest, the quickest, the best route to get to that destination. But there is a problem, isn't there? Uh, the sat-nav, sat-nav can save you one minute of your time by taking you through a farmyard, across a field and down a one-way system. Have you experienced that? I have. A a, a sat-nav relies on you actually knowing the right destination. That may sound a silly thing to say, but it does rely on you knowing where you really have to go. And and the problem is, the other other night, for example, Nikki and I were out in a part of the world, one of our daughters in the car, and we were saying, we were going to just look for a a local town, just somewhere to go for a meal. And, And of course, it's very hard on the phone to just sort of kind of get a sense. So, so I introduced my daughter, one of my daughters, to the concept of the big picture. And, and I think we are in this world where we're, we're saying to our government, our leaders, we're saying to lots of other people, we're saying, look, all you have to do is get the correct route. You plug in into the sat-nav and we're cross with you and we're upset with you because you don't seem to have done that yet. And the problem is what we're discovering is the route that the sat-nav is trying to take us goes through a farmyard, down a one-way system, across a field, etc., etc. You see, God is a God who, who opens up a vista for us, a, a, a big picture. The Bible, Scripture is... Is not a, a sat-nav. It speaks very directly to us sometimes, God's word, but 
But God's Word, this library of books, this canon of books where God has inspired those who wrote over all those years to us, all those women, all those men who were involved in the creation of Scripture. And the same God, the same Holy Spirit inspires us now as we read from God's Word. But, but you don't, if you've been looking for the electronic buttons on the front where you dial in, you're not going to find it. You, you need to discover that, that Whitney is quite near Oxford or not far from Abingdon. You need to discover there's a really nice pub, Port Talbot. There are others as well. You know, that's what we need to discover. And God's not playing games with us. God is, God is not saying, I've decided to make life harder for you. God is saying, actually, because I have created you and I know that you are living, breathing beings, spiritual beings, physical, emotional beings, I know the best for you is to go on a journey with me. It's right that we celebrate at this point in our year as we think about all that God has given us and we think absolutely, yes, about our part to play in what's coming next. It's right that we have a, a film that has so many good images, so many things to celebrate. But friends, would you know absolutely there are so many other images we could have included in our film to recognize the reality of our experience, the journey that we're going through. We could have shown this image this image of, of illness, of, of this terrible, terrible pandemic. Please don't think that Trinity Cheltenham believes that we just put a gloss on stuff. We could have shown this next image of anxiety, of uncertainty. I mean, these are not unprecedented times. Humanity has faced many pandemic events Many pandemic events, some of those plagues, bubonic plague, etc., had a 50 to 60% mortality rate. This is not unprecedented, but for us, it lacks certainty. For us, it is uncharted, but not for God. But if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling concerned, if you're worried... We have to be real about that. We have to be family together. We could have shown this next image, the financial impact that is going on, that we have to be real about as we celebrate and thank God for what has been as we look to the future. If you're watching online, if you're with us today, and this, this is your reality. Well, a word that we use a lot, and I know that actually it doesn't always land well because we, always, we don't always live out what we mean by it, but we are family together. I'm not going to go into the song, don't worry. You do not have to put a gloss on your personal circumstances to fully be part of what God is doing here. And we could have shown this last image, couldn't we, of death. So many losses of so many kinds through this pandemic. There's a, a police car or an ambulance going past our building right this second. So what I want to say to you on this Gift Sunday, as we do think about giving, I'm going to come into that. It's so important that we have a context of thanks and praise to our God in all of the circumstances of our life, in the, in the big picture, not a sat-nav kind of world. And that before we think about how we're going to respond to God's love, we first receive his gift to us. 
his generosity, any way that we might want to give to our king's table work or giving to those amazing overseas projects or giving to our kids' work or saying, yes, I'm all in with what's going on here. I, I believe there's a world that needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. It, it needs a big picture, not a sat-nav kind of simplistic illusion of a solution. We first have to say, are we receiving the gift of God, his love, his grace, his mercy, his life to us? Are we seeing the big picture? God wants all of us. He wants uh, uh, our gifts, our personality, our character, our experience. He wants our hands, our feet, our eyes to be part of what he's doing. And yes, he wants our money, not because he needs it but because he wants our hearts. He wants us. He didn't have to say that he would do it with us, in partnership with us, but that's his choice. And he's not applying for the job of God. He is God. COVID-19 has brutally exposed weaknesses and gaps that were already there. But it has not stolen from us, actually, choice. I say that cautiously and I hope sensitively. If, sensitively, if you've experienced direct loss, if you have experienced the death of a loved one, if you have experienced and are experiencing financial challenge, if you're experiencing anxiety and fear, it was Mental Health Awareness Day yesterday. Today's a Sunday when the Church of England is thinking about safeguarding and our, our lack of action in caring for the most vulnerable. I say this sensitively, even with all of those truths and even with God's passionate desire for us to walk in the way that we should walk, to walk the talk. I say to us that choice has not been stolen away from us, about how to live in relationship with our God. And if you've been perhaps conscious, as, even as I speak, of a, a sat-nav approach, just thinking if you could dial in the right, dial in the right coordinates, then everything would be okay. I just encourage you with a, a big picture, scripture picture, Here's some words from, from John's gospel for just to hang as a hook on speaking about generosity. John chapter 10, verses 1 to 11. They'll come up on the screens. So I'm reading them from the NIV version. Jesus said, very truly. Now that phrase is a John gospel phrase. It means you need to hear the seriousness of this. Very truly. I tell you, Pharisees, that's who he was speaking to, the religious of his day. Anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. A thief by cunning, deception. It, it symbolizes uh, distorted teaching, a robber who attacks through violence, outward attack. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. Many of us know that in the Middle East, shepherds lead their sheep. They don't drive their sheep. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. 
but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech. But the Pharisees, the religious, the people who thought they'd got it, the people who thought that God was a, a slot machine, you put the right stuff in and then the blessing will flow, follow rules, follow regulations, did not understand what he was telling them. They had a sat-nav approach, if I may suggest that. Please don't write emails to me. And therefore, little words in Scripture are always so important. Therefore, Jesus said again, do you not get it? Very truly, here's that phrase again, take this seriously. This is important. This is life. I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves, deceiving with false teaching, or robbers. They attack externally, brutally, violently, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out. An Old Testament expression meaning the whole of daily life. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Those false voices, those false voices in our world. I have come, says Jesus, says God, that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. COVID-19 has brutally exposed weaknesses and gaps but it also points us to priorities and to what matters uh, our purpose as trinity is to make followers of jesus christ that's about discipleship that's about people who can hear the master's voice the shepherd's voice know the shepherd's voice know the difference between the shepherd's voice and the thief who have the cunning deceitful voices the wrong voices in our world not deceived by the robbers, the ones who would steal away God's gifts to us. This is our purpose. And it, and it shapes and it leads into our, into our priorities. Please, I hope you're not bored by hearing them, but we've sharpened and focused on our priorities. These are things that God had been preparing us for over numerous years, and certainly over the three years that Nikki and I have been here. God had been preparing us. We knew these things were important, but we didn't know how important. And so we have our first one, all in with God. And we've been talking about the rule of life, the rhythm, the shapes of our life. Jesus' audience includes the Pharisees, the religious who had gone just for the rules part. They hadn't understood that the rhythms of our life are to connect our hearts with God, to hear his voice. This passage in John's Gospel comes after there's been a conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees about blindness, physical blindness and healing, but it represents spiritual blindness. What are the rhythms, the patterns of our life that enable us to go through Jesus? He is the gate. He is the proper way. That's the imagery of the gate. He is the proper way because he lays down his life. Verse 11, for the sheep. And then he rises up. 
All in with God, our, our sense of priority, our realisation that going to church or going to a life group as significant, as important as those are, relying on someone else to do it for us does not cut it. That was a, a sat-nav way of thinking. That was, a Andrew, you deliver the package to me and that'll top me up and keep me going for a week. But we're living, friends, in a world where sat-navs won't do, where we need the big picture. And this is why it's our, our priority. And if you have a, a sense of God speaking to you about your time, your talents, your experience, and yes, your money, do it not in a Pharisaic kind of way. Do it because you hear the voice of the shepherd, the one who has laid his life down for you and me, when he died on the cross. And then he rose again. Eternal life is his gift. Life in all its fullness. And eternal life starts the moment we say yes. It's not just a future perspective. It's a now living. The word full or abundance in other, in other translations of this passage, means, means an, a surplus. It's got a mathematical sense to it. It's a surplus. We're not promised a long life. We're not promised a, a, a safe and an easy life. But God's gift to us is a life of contentment, a life that's filled with generosity. We live generously because we know of the generosity that we have received. The rule of life is about hearing the shepherd's voice. Our second one, all in with each other. The sheep come in and they go out. Do you notice that the fold is the place of safety and security, but the fold is not where you get your food. You have to go into the pasture. You have to go out into the world. You have to go actually to the places of danger, in a sense. You have to go take the risk of following the shepherd, and that's where you receive your pasture, Forgive me if I'm making too clunky a point. It's always caught, you have to be cautious about doing this. But I think there's something in the sense here of the going in and out that Jesus is pointing us, Scripture is pointing us to the truth that we just don't receive when we are gathered. We learn so much when we're scattered. And hear me again carefully. God has not sent this pandemic to teach us lessons. I don't believe that. I think he cries with us about the losses. If you are here in a place of fear, if you're holding on by a golden thread, if you're watching us and you are doubting your faith, thank you for watching and being, even if the thread is very thin. But in all circumstances, God can work for good. Are we being sharpened in our understanding that being God's people has always been about the gathering and the scattering. We've said this. We believe this. We've taught this. We've tried to walk this. But this pandemic is bringing it sharper into focus. So our gathered, scattered patterns on Sundays is not just about managing resources. It's about trying to express in practical ways the truth of what we believe. 
on scattered Sundays, that we would use the gifts that God has given to us in order to be good news, to share the love of God in a world that is full of fear, in a, in a world that believes the whole purpose is to try and avoid death at any cost, at any cost. Now, believe me, death is a really, you know, I'm not embracing death in the sense of excitedly saying it. Please don't hear me. Again, those of you who have lost loved ones. But actually, there is eternal life that starts now before death. And it carries us through death into eternal life. This is who we are. I don't want to die. Of course I don't. I'm not looking forward to the process of dying. But I'm not afraid of being dead in the sense physically dead. Because I will continue to be alive with Jesus Christ in heaven where there is no pain. There are no tears. And, and it's not replacement theology. God doesn't say, oh, I made a mistake, roll it up, throw it away. It's a restoring theology in the Bible. God bringing us back to who we're meant to be. Please, I hope and pray that that would land carefully with those of you who are experiencing pain in a way that I have not had to experience pain. But this is the message the world needs to hear, doesn't it? This is the hope. This is the truth. This is the, this is the, the big picture that God gives us. It's, forgive me, I'm going to keep going. It's not a sat-nav solution. At work, at home, with your friends, with your neighbours, with your relatives, as you scatter and be the church of Jesus Christ, be good news wherever he's placed you. Live this message. Preach it to yourself. Preach it to your heart so that you would overflow with it. And that leads thirdly into our final priority doesn't it? To be all in for the world, to be planting the good news of Jesus Christ out of the surplus of God's love and God's life that he fills us with, to overflow with it to others. Hear me carefully again and again today that however we might choose to give ourselves of our time, of our experience, and yes, of our money in response to our needs, it's in response. It's out of the surplus, the generosity of God. Do you remember us talking about growing greener a few, few months ago, a year ago maybe, saying how we could grow greener wherever we are? Well, I didn't know a pandemic was coming when I said that I thought there was something about how we would connect with the people where God had put us. You see, God's known. God's been preparing. So it's a delight to say that we've given uh, £50,000 to overseas projects, church planting stuff. It's a, a delight to say that because we need a roof here, we together have put a roof on a mission centre in Caricho, Kenya. We're building a new church centre in North Macedonia, one of the less reached places in Europe. That's a delight. But shall I tell you what is also filling my heart? It's when people say to me, email me and say, Andrew, would it be okay on Scattered Sundays if we just go into the streets and tell people about Jesus? And I kind of go, I'm so sad you felt you even needed to ask the question. <laughs> the Dead Sea, uh, Tim said this a few, uh, last year, I think. The Dead Sea is dead because it takes water in, but it doesn't give any out. 
And so, friends, to land, and I've gone on a little bit longer deliberately, but I think God can cope, and I think you've got enough minutes in the day to cope. Even online, stick with it. So I come to money finally, and it will be quick, because I only need to highlight the principles, because you don't need me to convince you. I pray about your money. It's in response to God's generosity. The Latin word for money and the Latin word for sheep are very akin to each other, by the way. There's a practical need for us as a church family. We need every gift. Here's my picture of the hands to illustrate every possible gift. She's doing a brilliant job. Well done keeping up with me. It all hands to the deck, that kind of whatever illustration you want. And part of the all hands to the deck is our money. Our giving has gone down very significantly as a church family this year. That's not a surprise. Our spending has gone right down this year because we've been really on it. We've been doing the two things together. But we're relying on a response in this season, this gift day season, to balance the books at the end of this year. That's the reality. Everything we do involves money in this world. For next year, we have plans, we have hopes with the priorities I've described to you. God will provide as we need and he will shape our plans according to to what he chooses to give. I have no doubt about that. But with our plans, we need all of us to be participating and sharing. Many of us will not be able to respond in the same ways in terms of level but it's about the heart. Others of us will be able to increase the level of giving, but only do it as a response from the heart. Here are the principles. First verse, Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Money controls us if we do not put it under the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's the truth. So money matters to think about. Jesus spoke about it a lot. So take it up with him if you're not happy with me talking about it. Are you giving regularly in this church family? If this is your spiritual home, Scripture says that you should be. Scripture tells me to do that. One-off giving is lovely in a sense when it comes. Sometimes it's a glorious surprise from God. But one-off giving does not help us plan wisely. You want us to be a church that stewards well. You want to be giving in a way that's consistent. That only happens if you do it in a consistent way through a standing order or some other means that will make it regular and part of your worship. Second principle, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each should give what they have decided in their own heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It's all about generosity. If you feel it's a duty or an obligation, then you need to go back to God and think about it, your money from a heart perspective. But there's an indication that each what has, you have decided of intentionality. Third principle, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine said Jesus at the end of an extended teaching, Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man or woman who built their house on the rock. 
I've made my comment about, about regular giving again. Some of us uh, have the way our income happens that it's appropriate for us to take stock at regular points and as well as our regular giving to also do the one-off. It's a blessing, as I say. But if you want your church to steward wisely and plan wisely, if you want us to go for what God is leading us into in our three all-in priorities, join us. Be part of it prayerfully, intentionally. Here's my last one, Malachi 3.10. God said in the Old Testament, important to notice context is Old Testament, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. There's inappropriate testing, there's appropriate kinds of ways of putting stuff before God in offering. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more needs... Someone famously said, God wants our tithes and not our tips. God wants our tithes and not our tips. Important principle here, it's about the first parts. That's the principle. By the way, tithing was a starting point, not a finishing point. So if you want a useful guide to thinking, then 10% of your income is a useful starting point for thinking about how I'm living in generous response to the generosity of God. But the key principle is first. Where our hearts is, where our treasure is, that's where our hearts are. Jesus was talking to Pharisees who tithed. They had followed the religious sat-nav way of thinking to the dot, to the decimal Point, recurring. That's not what God wants from us. I'm being told it's time to land. Don't tithe religiously, but ask. But ask. One of our other pastors is texting me because of my heresy. Do whatever you do in this season, in good times and in bad, with the absolute reality of the anxieties, the fears, the death, the challenge, the losses, but also blessings. Be part, be part of what God is doing, but only in response to what he says to you. And in response to his generosity in Jesus Christ, in laying down his life. Someone this week I was on a call pointed out a lovely kind of symmetry in the passage. There's a laying down and a rising up and there's an in and an out. It's the cross you might have noticed. If you're able to in the building, would you like to stand at home? Why don't you open a hand? Let's just pray a moment.